All right. Hi again, and welcome to yet another Board Escape Games podcast. And I'm Judy. This is my lovely husband, Evan, and we do a lot of stuff with props. And in today's podcast, we're really going to focus in on lighting. We use a lot of different types of light depending on the scenario that we're in. And today we'll talk about some of those different types of lights and how we're utilizing them and some of their pros and cons. We'll also talk specifically about arcade switches because we've been doing a lot of work recently replacing certain types of arcade switches with yet another type of arcade switch just to make them a little bit more energy efficient and reliable. And then I have a surprise for Evan in store. Excited. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start handing him over some of the lights. And a lot of this is going to be with Evan because he has a lot of the electronics experience here, but I can talk about how we've really installed them into the props once he's done the electronics too. Well, that's great. So it looks like the first thing we're going to look at is um, LED strip lights. Um, so there are a hundred different varieties of these, as you've probably seen on Amazon and other places. Uh, this is just one particular one. This one um, so some things to look at for these. This one allows you to cut uh, between every single light, um, which is actually not all of them do. Some of them are every three lights, and so that kind of depends on the types of controllers that they use. Um, so these have an advantage. These are also about twice the price because they have more controllers. Um, so keep that in mind. And um, generally they have four LEDs inside one LED. Some of them only have three, depending on whether or not they have a white LED. Um, because you can get a pretty white color from combining the other four essential colors, other three essential colors. Um, but if you add an additional white LED, you can get almost uh, an almost perfectly white uh, color, at least as humans see it. Um, so you can kind of look at the, the variability in price there. This one is completely not waterproof at all, and it comes with a silicone um, cover. Works okay. I'm not a huge fan of these, um, but you can cut them off or pull them out or whatever. Um, but if you're really going to put them outside, they make um, a variety that's actually um, has melted plastic all over the whole thing, and I find those to be a bit more more reliable. But your mileage may vary. Everybody has different opinions on that. Yeah, and really from installation into props, whether we leave that on or not depends on how accessible that light strip is going to be to people playing the game. So if it's completely enclosed within a place a player is never going to be able to touch it, we tend to remove that silicone lining. We have other props that we've made where it was more around the outside edge to produce a glow once something had happened. And in that case, there was the potential for people to become in contact with it. So we left the, the silicone lining on. And that also helped with installing it on the outside of the prop. But it just, there's uses for it. And then there's times where it's just really not beneficial. Yeah. And you can actually look on the Thingiverse and find um, a clip that we designed specifically for this type of light um, to hold it reliably in place and keep the silicone on there as a protecting layer so that players don't go in there and break stuff. And uh, that prop has been up for about a year and a half now and uh, no problems. So I think that works quite well. Um, so there's a ton of different variety of these, of, of these like I talked about. Um, so we've got these, uh, these long strips. We also have individual pixels um, that you can buy, which are just little break-apart circuit boards that have an individual one of these pixels on it that you can solder. It kind of looks a bit like this. This is an Adafruit version, which is um, you know, a really nice, high-quality version. Um, but uh, 
this this board actually allows you to connect into one place and control all of them, which is really neat. Um, and then there are panels. So Adafruit and all these other companies make big panels. We've done a prop before with a huge panel. Um, the only disadvantage of those big panels, it's just a bunch of these LEDs all in a row, uh, is that if you're going to turn them all on and they're all going to be white, which means all the LEDs are on, then sure. you need a ton of power. And so usually we're running a big beefy power supply just in case for all of those things so that we don't accidentally burn out the power supply. Um, and then you also have to look because a lot of these, well, these are actually five volt, um, but they make a 12 volt variety as well now, which has um, an individual resistor built into each controller. And I highly recommend the 12 volt version uh, if you're going to need more than a few a few lights because um, the five volt you can only put I forget what it is it's something like um, 25 LEDs in a row and still have enough energy at the end to actually light the last LED efficiently and so um, that's why we've generally switched to using the 12 volt version uh, I don't see any reason to buy the five volt version other than you can run the five volt at the same voltage as your Arduino um, so when, in, in our model, what we do is usually get a big 12-volt power supply and then run everything off of that, including the Arduino and the lights separately. And, uh, and that works quite nicely. And another type of light that we don't have an example of because we've used all of them, they're probably the ones we use the most, is they make that same type of light, but they make it in like a Christmas light style. So each light is individually addressable. And we use that pretty frequently because there's a lot of flexibility to installing those inside of a prop. So we've used those to simulate fire within a furnace. We've used those to backlight props that have kind of a epoxy coating on the front of them. So we use those pretty regularly as indicator lights just because they're very flexible. Yeah, I love them. And because they're already, they already have wires on them because they're designed like Christmas lights. Um, you can just cut the wires off, solder that directly into whatever you need, and then you've got a permanent connection that's really reliable. And everything is uh, its all melted together plastic, so it's not going anywhere. Nobody can pull it apart or, or anything like that. And I even love them. We, we've done a, we have a prop uh, in the Dallas area that has one, uh, just one of those, sticking out of the top of it. And when you get the prop right, it goes into like a crazy party right, mode right, where right, it changes to all the different colors. And um, that was super easy to program. Uh, just using a color wheel code that I found online and um, it, it works great. And the, these are wonderful because they can, out of a single LED, you can produce uh, many, many different colors. And um, yeah, we have another example here. Um, and so you'll see this one has four pins because this is a version of one of these that is, um, doesn't have the controller. So it actually has a, a single, um, Oh, I always get anode and cathode mixed up. Um, it has a single anode and then three cathodes, I believe. And so you can control the three different colors. And so what these are is essentially a little controller that allows you to um, and use a wonderful, many wonderful Arduino libraries, which can allow you to say things like make LED number seven green. And isn't that wonderful to, to be able to use an art, uh, a library like that? 
And um, the way that it works is it actually communicates. It's all on timing. So the, the LED strip is waiting. And essentially, the first code that it gets is this light. The second code is this light. The third code is that light. And what that allows you to do is you don't have to communicate like which light you want to turn on. It's all done with timing. So it's really just three pins. It's one pin for all of the data and communication about what you want it to be. And then it's, uh, in, in my case, 12 volt positive and negative. So that makes them, uh, them wonderful to use. The one other thing uh, to remember whenever hooking these things up, which some people will leave out, is you always want to put a, a capacitor in front of your very first pixel. And so, especially when using those big power supplies with lots and lots of light, whenever you turn it on for the first time, you will send a ton of current through that very first pixel on its way to all of the other pixels. And it has a tendency to, to burn out. And so I have a mix here of 12 volt, well actually 16 volt, and like nine volt uh, capacitors. And so whenever we do a prop with one of those, we always put it in line. And you can find plenty of examples of how to do that. Um, Adafruit has a wonderful guide on how to do NeoPixels. And NeoPixels are just the brand name version of these things. And so um, NeoPixels are a little bit a little bit nicer sometimes. I think their colors are better, but um, you know everybody makes a version. So. And then um, the next thing we're going to talk about is actually arcade switches because uh, this is kind of tangentially related to lighting. Right, and we're going to talk about this here because we have different versions, and we wanted to talk about kind of why we're swapping how we're using these. Um, you'll you'll see, and if Evan, if you'll take one of those out of there. We have two different styles of switches that we can use. One of them is going to be LEDs and the other one is going to be um, the lamps. And I'll let Evan tell you about why we're going to be swapping from one style to the other, but it gives you the ability to really see what the interior difference is. From the switch perspective, you'll see they're very similar in terms of the ins and outs and, and that component, but Go ahead, Ev, I'll let you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they're all very similar. So if you've if you've never seen the inside of an arcade switch, um, this is this is what they look like. And so they've got a, this is just a regular old switch with a button um, and then a little plastic holder and some wiring connections. These newer versions uh, that we've been buying, uh, you can, you set the, the switch into the, the holder here and then you twist and it locks in place. That is key if you are building an escape room, because as people bang on these things, they will eventually start to come apart. Um, so definitely that twist and lock is really good. Also, these LEDs are, um, these are white, I believe, but we have different ones. And so white LEDs have a certain voltage. Uh, I think it's 2.4 volts, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. And so there's an inline resistor already built in because these come from the factory setup like that. And... Um, that allows you to run this off of an Arduino without any actual additional effort. This one, on the other hand, has a couple of drawbacks. And so one of them is that it doesn't have that twist lock connector. So this just pushes in and snaps in place. And so eventually it will fail and fall out. And so this is the number one failure. We have replaced a lot of those. And a lot of times what we end up doing is we 3D print a part that will go like a U over the back. It has yeah. two screw holes on either side that we can just screw into whatever is on the other piece of it. 
so that that button will stay in place. Yeah, they, they fail constantly. So we definitely want to avoid those. And then the other thing is just this lamp. So this is a 12 volt lamp that runs at a enough amperage that you can't really deal with it on most microcontrollers. And so you end up using a MOSFET or a relay to turn it on and off. And so you've got lots of clicking, uh, which takes away from the game. And then potentially you've also got a lot of heat if you're going to leave it on because they get quite hot. And, um, and so you've got a much more complicated circuit. You have a bulb that is much more likely to fail. Um, spend the extra 50 cents and get the LED version. <laughs> They're much, much better. Yeah. And if you want to buy these, um, we've been buying them on the internet, but Micro Center recently started stocking their retro arcade aisle. And it is full of different kinds of arcade switches. They actually have, I think, three different versions uh, that are sort of in a good, better, best arrangement. And so... Um, um, we bought the best because we don't have to replace them Exactly. Later. Yeah. Maintenance is, is a nightmare. So um, so these, these work quite nicely. All right. So I've got another one for you. Okay. Oh, so this is what is uh, often called a light valve for a welder's helmet. Um, so it's just a piece of glass with liquid crystal in the middle. And it has four pins. And uh, you really don't even need all four pins, but I guess it helps a little bit. And so all you do is you run five volts across this glass uh, from, from one side to the other. It doesn't even matter how it works. And it goes from clear to opaque. And so you're probably already thinking about all the cool stuff you could do with that. Um, so definitely we have a pile of these. Adafruit stocks these from time to time. Uh, these are eight bucks, uh, which is pretty cheap. And the last yeah. time they stocked them, we bought several. Yeah, because they kind of they kind of disappear. Um, but these, like I said, are from a, a welder's helmet, so they're just a. That's why they're so cheap because they're they're a spare part, um, and it requires an absolutely tiny amount of energy to work. So you can run this off of an Arduino pin directly without any sort of complicated circuit. And um, so these are because they're small, very easy to use. the The downside to them is they're small. So if you if you have a, a use case that requires more surface area that you want to cover, it starts to get a lot more complicated. This is actually glass uh, as well, which can break. Um, so we we did a larger prop um, about six months ago, where a year ago, like three years ago, <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> it's been okay, a while. sorry. Um, where we we had a, a piece of um, a painting. And then we wanted to be able to turn off parts of the, the glass in front of it, which would basically highlight the correct answer. Um, I thought this was the coolest prop. And so we actually used a product called Smart Tint, um, which is available in a high voltage and a low voltage version. And uh, I forget what the voltages are exactly, but the one we ended up using was like a 40 volt. And so it had to be powered by a relay and starts to get kind of complicated. Um, but... They, uh, but it's pretty neat because you can actually cut it with an X-Acto knife and just cut out pieces of it and the rest of it will, uh, whenever you put voltage across it, will, um, will cover whatever it is that you want to cover. And the only thing to be mindful of there is that you have to um, put the piece of art a little bit behind the glass because if you put it right up next to it, difficult to tell the difference but if you leave it a centimeter away it'll just disappear whenever you turn the light on 
the other consideration for that is is much pricier than that piece that Evan just showed you to get a large piece of the smart tent. Yeah, exactly. So this, like I said, was seven or eight bucks. And the smart tent that we used on that prop was, I think, like 80. And smart tent can be laser cut. So we had parts of it where we did not want it to dim. So we used the laser to kind of trace out those areas. Yeah. All right. Times for Evan's surprise. It is light related. Oh. And I, I would say that's a stand-in for Christmas lights in general. Um, yeah, so we've we've done a lot of Christmas light props. These are, I think they call them fairy lights, which are very, very thin, um, five volt, or I guess, what is this, two batteries? So three, you can turn it on, three, that one three turns volts. on. Um, Christmas lights. Yeah, there we go. And uh, we don't like to use these generally because we're worried about the reliability of fairy lights because the wiring is so thin. But if you got to the point where somebody wasn't touching it, I think it'd probably be fine. Um, we have used commercial Christmas lights before. Um, we had one customer who wanted them to be old school Christmas lights, 120 volt lamp Christmas lights. Generally, we avoid those um, because we don't like working with um, those lamps. Uh, but we were able to do it, so we used a um, we used a solid state relay to turn them on and off as as needed I we think had we, a very secure electrical box for yeah, all the electronics. To, yeah doing all of that to code was a, was a challenge um but uh, nonetheless we were able to get that done and uh, it worked reliably that uh, solid state relay was was perfect for that need we originally used a clicking relay it lasted about a week <laughs> and then we replaced it with a yeah. solid state and we did in one of our previous podcasts we talked about the relays so yeah we'll go ahead and link back to that one but that was an experience the other thing we found with Christmas lights, if you're if you're really particular, you can get lights that every third light is strung together. So when they go out, you only lose a third of that of that string. We've worked with those before. We ended up not putting them into a props just because the customer preferred the bigger lights. But in that case, if you wanted to have, say, I mean, in that one, it was all of them were red on one string and all of them were green on a, another string and all of them were blue. It would be pretty easy in that case to flick through, well, I just want to turn the red ones on right now, or I just want to turn the green ones on. That's not how they were designed when we bought them, but because of how they were wired, if you pay attention to that, we were able to access and just turn on every third, you know, every third light. Yeah. So if you look at, um, those were chasing LED lights. And so the way that they're worked is they're basically wired back to a central controller and then there's, I think, four four different sets of lights that are wired back. And so they're 120 volt. And the way that they do that is they actually put a half rectifier at the beginning of the electrical system so that, you know, the AC is usually a, a, a current up in, you know, a, a cycle, a sine wave. They just cut off the bottom of it. So in reality, all those lights are flashing 60 times a second uh, with the current of the AC. And, um, and then what they do is they get enough lights to soak up all of that power. So it's 120 volts. Each light is 2.5 volts. Divide that out. That's how many lights you need, which that also means if you're working with LED Christmas lights, do not cut them. You can't just cut them and have them only have a certain number of lights. They have to have exactly the right number of lights. Um, but the other nice thing is with the chasing lights, because they're wired back in the way that they have the four individual um, strings in order to create that chasing effect, you could uh, have them do all kinds of crazy stuff, light up certain every other light or all this kind of stuff. And so that's um, very useful. 
Well, thank you for joining us today for our podcast on lights in particular. And we're really excited to share this. If you have any other things you'd like to hear us talk about or feedback or comments for today, just let us know. And we look forward to talking to you the next time we're, we've got a podcast ready. Yeah. Thanks, everyone.